The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When evening came, the disciples of Jesus went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea rose because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. They were frightened, but he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. The context, the situation of this scene in the Gospel account, especially by John, um, is very important. It kind of it leads us into understanding why the Lord does this, this, uh, this miraculous walking on the water. What is, what is its purpose in terms of what is He doing in His disciples? Um, I think the context can help to lead us into a little bit of deeper understanding. We know that in this chapter of John's Gospel, you have uh, what we uh, just looked at, which was the feeding of the uh, 5,000, the multiplication of the loaves. Then they cross over the sea to Capernaum, and when they get to Capernaum, that's where you have that beautiful Eucharistic discourse of Christ, where He speaks about the miracle of what, what He will work uh, when He will give to them His body and blood as food and drink. And this will be the sustenance of the spiritual life. And so you have these kind of two a Eucharistic prefigure, prefiguration in the multiplication of the loaves, and then you have the Eucharistic discourse uh, in Capernaum. But in between those two scenes, you have this scene of a tumultuous, a troubled crossing, right? Which represents, as a lot of the church fathers say, simply life. It's life, right? A troubled crossing, a troubled uh, temporary crossing to something that is more stable and better. And so it represents our life, a life that is often filled with trouble, difficulty, sorrow, fear, all of these things that afflict us in this life but will not afflict us in eternal life with the Father, where every tear is wiped away, where fear is gone, where all of those things are replaced by that love and that peace of God which surpasses understanding. And so you have this beautiful, then we can look at it in this lens, this kind of Eucharistic lens of what is happening here. And so we know that after the Lord had fed the 5,000, they wanted to take him and make him king, but not for the right reasons. They wanted to enthrone him, but only in an earthly way. And that's not what the Lord wants. He flees from earthly dignities because they are nothing compared to what he has with the Father. He is completely indifferent to earthly digni dignities. And what he is bringing is a kingdom that is different a kingdom that is so far superior to what they want to offer. He is already king. He does not need them to make him king. And so he flees from this, and he goes up into the mountains. Matthew's account gives a different reason. He says that he went up into the mountains to pray. And so some commentators say, well, which is it? Did he flee from the, again, false dignities or those lower dignities? Or was he going to pray? 
St. Augustine says, why can't he be doing both? (laughs) And so again, he leaves these kind of earthly things, and he turns towards what is heavenly, and in that he is teaching us what we should do ourselves as well. That it is not simply enough to turn away from the world, we must also turn towards the Father. And so in this act of turning away from the world and turning towards the Father, we find a deep stability of life. We build ourselves upon what is stable and not what is changeable. And I think that's then important for what we see happening to the disciples in the boat. St. Thomas Aquinas says that their greatest trouble at this point, what what causes them the most trouble, is simply the absence of Christ. He's not with them. His presence is not with them, and so they are completely destabilized. They are in this kind of state of trouble that is then reflected in what happens in the events that follow. And so that the exterior events only tell us about the interior reality of their disturbed spirits. Christ is not with them. That upon which they build all their hope, that upon which they are most stable, is not with them. And so they get into the boat and they are crossing over. And it says here, it was now dark, in one sentence, it says, it was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. Almost giving a cause for the interior darkness. Jesus had not yet come to them. Therefore, it was dark. One of the commentators notes that darkness is just simply an absence of the light. And so it is an absence of truth himself. It is an absence of Christ. But it is also in him an absence of love. And so in the first letter, I think it is of John chapter 2, he ties light and love together. He says that whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And so that light and love are tied together in the same way that truth and light are tied together. And all of these are united in Christ himself, who is love, who is truth, who is the light. And so this darkness now overwhelms them because the light himself is not with them. And the sea becomes troubled and a strong wind is blowing. All of these things are moving against the activity that they are working towards. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking on the sea next to them. He is walking on the sea as if he is on the land. He brings all of the stability of the land And we can see he simply continues that onto the sea. And I think that this is, again, important because what it shows us is that his foundations are deeper than ours. His stability far surpasses our own stability. And so what he is showing to his disciples is that stability which comes, that firm foundation which comes when we are built in our life upon God when we live our life in Christ, who is that stabilizing factor. But also, not in an abstract way. This scene, as we've said, happens within this Eucharistic context. And so also for us, the stability of life that we seek comes from our relationship to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. He is that stability. He offers us, as we go through the trouble of life, This is where the Lord comes to us, walking on the water. This is where we turn towards him, and we see that he is not affected in the same way that we are by all of the temporal things that afflict us. 
And he offers us that same peace and stability in him through this wonderful mystery, that we can come to Christ truly. And that he says those same words to us that he said to his disciples. He speaks them to us from the Blessed Sacrament. It is I, do not be afraid. In the Greek it says, I am, do not be afraid. It is the revelation of God present to them. He is present to them, and therefore there should not be any fear. And so also for us, Christ is here present to us. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. I am is here with us, and he speaks to us. He brings us that stability that is him himself, and he calls us into a unity of life with him, especially in the Blessed Sacrament, by which we can become stabilized, by which we can live in that same peace that he has with the Father, and it can come to us even in this life. Amen.